So, David, welcome. We're supposed to begin the next month, but because of you, we're doing on our first episode with you. That's I an think, honor. I don't know, we feel honored or you should feel honored? I definitely feel honored, yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel honored. We as well, as well, because we're going to find out some good things today, I think. I hope so. Maybe you cannot uncover something for us. Let's start. Who is this man? If I could ask you to talk about you, what would you say about David Harrison? Well, in terms of my journalism, it's, I did it uh, at university. I didn't study journalism, but I worked for a university paper, presented a radio show. Um, I did some freelancing for the, the local newspaper. Uh, and then I started as a professional journalist when I left university. And I, then wor I worked for a big regional paper in Liverpool, and I moved on to, I went to China, in fact. I worked out there in the Far yeah, East. Yeah, I can tell, I can find I, it here. Um, I traveled all over China, and then I worked there. I came back on the Trans-Siberian Railway. And then I started working for national newspapers in the UK. I've worked for, the papers I worked for include the Daily Telegraph, uh, the Sunday Telegraph, The Observer, The Sunday Times, mm -hmm. and in between I've done some freelance and stuff for other papers as well. But yeah, a long career in national newspapers, and then five years ago I was um, approached and offered a job at Al Jazeera, uh, where I do investigations, I work for the investigative unit, and, and over the years I've done a lot of investigations for, for newspapers, and it sounded like a fun idea to do them for telly. So... You, you're, you're telling us that the last five years you're doing only investigation reporting for Al Jazeera, for their investigation channel, it's I called, think. It's called the Investigative Unit yeah. of Al Jazeera International. And tell us, tell us um, something about this investigation unit. It's, it's a bunch of people, or how many people are working under these uh, kind of uh, investigations? Well, in the case of Cyprus, uh, the interesting thing about this is it didn't start as an investigation about Cyprus. It had nothing to do with Cyprus so when we started. So your intention was not to come to Cyprus, or you had no idea, basically? No, so that was simply not in our mind. Let me like, tell yes. you how it happened, how it came about. So we started an investigation in the UK into uh, a different aspect of corruption. Yes. And we had a very similar setup as we had for the Cyprus one. We had two Chinese undercover operatives who were acting, they were posing as the representatives, the agents for a wealthy yeah. Chinese, Chinese billionaire, mm -hmm. who we made clear was a criminal. He was convicted for seven years, bribery and money laundering in absentia because he fled from China, but he took his money out through the casinos, um, but they convicted it convicted him in his absence. So, one of the things we put to our, the people we were working on in this investigation, we said, well, you know, we'd like to hide his identity because he's, we want to change his identity. Can you help with that? And one of the people we were, we were filming secretly, he said, well, I, we'll get him a new passport. We said, oh, that's interesting. How can we do that? He said, well, okay. just, just watch. And in front of our undercover reporters, he picked up his phone, and he called this guy and he said, yeah, yeah, I've got uh, yeah, a couple of Chinese people here. Yeah, they've got a boss. It's, it's the usual story, you know. Uh, he's been convicted in China, but uh, he's looking for a passport. Can you, and, it was, and he said, can you help? And this guy said, yeah, I'll come and meet you. So, and he was talking as if this was a perfectly normal thing to do, you see. So we thought, well, this is interesting. So he then brings along this, uh, this man who was a former police officer at Scotland Yard. And uh, he starts talking about how he's got some very good contacts in Cyprus. 
Now, he could have said Malta, he could have said Portugal, he could have said anywhere, but yes. his contact happened to be in Cyprus. So, so that's why yes. we came, and his contact was the one. I mean, you see this former police officer at the beginning yes. of the film, he's, he's pixelated out, you can't yeah. see his face. And you then, we move to Cyprus, where we meet his contact, or contact, which is this guy called Tony Kay, and his wife, Denise Kay, who run this estate agency called uh, Sold on Cyprus. So and that was how yes. it all started in Cyprus. So you are telling me that you were surprised, basically, on how they were on the phone. Like uh, we have something. It was something everyday routine, let's say. Yeah, it was clearly something they'd done yes. a lot before, and they told us in fact later that they had done. They gave us lots of examples: Russians, Indians, Nigerians. They'd done this a lot. Yeah. So, um, but, but they talked about it as if it was just part of their normal routine. Is this, this what everybody does when they uh, need to change their identity? All right. <laughs> um, so. Because uh, when you released the teaser, basically, I remember yeah. our political guys or stars, I would say, because they are stars now, they're playing and everywhere. They said that it was the intentions of the Turkey in order to cause confusion in the Mediterranean, because now, you know, things are quite stressed with the Turkey in the Mediterranean. Does this have to do anything with all that? Well, that, that made us laugh, to be honest. And we were, <laughs> because as I just explained to you, Cyprus wasn't even in our minds when we started this yeah. investigation. So the idea that it was a deliberate attack on Cyprus is just absurd. I mean, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. But we understood why. Because as part of our the way we do these things, we have to send out what we call right-to-reply letters to all the people in our film who yes. are being exposed. The, we send them these letters to give them the chance to reply, to respond. We say, you know, we're making this film, it's going to come out on this date. In the film, you said this, 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 and this. Can we have your comments, please? So they were well aware that the film was coming out. They knew. So you, you, you informed them. Oh, yes, you have to. Do, do, have do, to. do you know when did you inform them about yeah. that? Yes, about, it's usually about, we give them a, a, a good amount of time. So probably we gave them about two weeks before broadcast, we gave them, yeah, a couple of weeks to reply. Now, when I'm working on news or I, the yes. years I've been doing national newspapers, you might call someone and you get a reply in an hour or two hours. Yes. We get them two weeks. So they had plenty of time to work out the response. But the key thing here is that they knew the film was coming out. They knew they'd been exposed. So you can imagine how they were feeling. So then, yeah. maybe it's no surprise that they decided that they're going to push out this line that this is anti-Cyprus, it's pro-Turkey, it's an attack by an outsider, yeah. foreign uh, journalist. And that actually, it gained, the newspapers repeated that line and we yeah. saw it gained some traction. Yes. There was some. It was something, boom. Yeah. And uh, we were, we had a, you know, on, on, on Monday night, we, uh, the film had come out on Monday and the police suddenly arrived outside the parliament, about 15, 16 of them, including yeah. intelligence service officers. They took all our details, our passport, they, and they kept the local guys with, with the van, the satellite van, they kept them there. Yeah. And they took the van away to the police station because, ridiculously, they wanted to test whether it was a spy van. Now, remember, you had the Israeli spy van last December, yes. <laughs> and, and the idea that we were doing that was so absurd. Yeah. And the, the, the local guys, you know, they were kept for 
hours waiting and waiting yes. and then eventually they let them go and even the guy that one of our chaps here Shane he went yeah. along he spoke to the guy who took the the van to the police station and he said they brought in this engineer he said and he didn't have a clue what he was looking for yeah basically. he just said what's this for what's this for what's that for what's this for <laughs> oh okay then you can go and eventually by half past 11 at night they let him go. So we were a little bit nervy then. Now we thought this is, this is all turning a bit strange. Mm -hmm. And um, then the next day, everything changed. Once people had seen the film, watched it, it was amazing. The transformation in the mood the, and the, the reaction. The it was astonishing, yes. the reaction. And it was just, you know, as uh, Mr. Saluris, to use one of his favorite phrases, yes. we had the full support of the Cyprus people. Yes. They were backing us, they were cheering us, there were cars beeping, yes. well done Al Jazeera. And there was a demonstration that night outside the parliament in Nicosia, the traditional mm. parliament, and they were all very, very complimentary. And then things moved really quickly after that. Yeah. The next day, um, Christakis Giovanni, the MP, he resigned. The Attorney General announced a criminal investigation. <laughs> It was, and then there was a, that demonstration on the Tuesday night. Yeah. On Wednesday, there was pressure on Salurus to resign and another massive demonstration yeah. uh, outside the, the, um, the conference centre um, where the parliament is sitting during the COVID crisis. And that was really quite an experience. There were hundreds of people there and they were treating us almost like heroes. Yes. I mean, we're not heroes. We've just, we've just shone a light onto a dark aspect of Cypriot life. But they were grateful. Because a lot of people had suspected this was happening, but they'd never seen such powerful evidence of it. You know, David, what, when the teaser came out, and a friend of mine tweeted to me, Savas, see this. And when I said this, I said, oh, shit. There's no problem, we can use this kind of words. So I said, oh, shit, because this is what you said. We had it in our minds. There were rumors around it. And at the end of the day, we get the reveal, and we were like... Basically, when I was watching the video, I was feel ashamed. Mm. I mean, by the way, they're giving you the data and the, all the information served, basically. This is what I felt on the video. Huh? And do you believe that it was that easy to get those information from them? Or did, did you force them or force them? No, we didn't no. force them at all. They invited us. I mean, we, we went in. Uh, to, we went to the undercover operatives, we met Tony Kay. You saw the estate agent explaining how we can deal with these problems and how he mentioned the name of, of Giovanni as the man who finds solutions. And his wife said he's the gentleman. He, he, he can help solve the problems of the gentleman you're describing. And they were, they were just... And he said, we'll have to get over the hurdle of the seven years imprisonment. He just <laughs> saw it. They saw it as just a hurdle they had to mm -hmm. jump over. At no point, and this is the interesting thing, at no point did any of them do what they should have done and said, I'm sorry, if he's a criminal, we can't help. Yeah, this is what surprised me, basically, because it was mentioned from the very first second that Mr. X yeah. was convicted. <laughs> Seven years. Yes, was convicted and nobody stopped you, basically. Nobody told you, no, we can't do this. That's what they should have done. <laughs> the minute yes. we mentioned that, they should have said, whoa, no, 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 we, we cannot help you if he's a convicted criminal. On the contrary, yeah. they said, we can find solution. It's a problem. It's a headache, but we will find solutions. Yes, we've, we've had worse cases before, they said. And yeah. they had the lawyer, Pitagis, describing how he'd help he criminals He was too passionate, I can tell you. Passionate, very passionate. And then he went on and said, 
we, we get as a deliberate point, we want to know whether he could change the names because our man in London yeah. had said, it's possible the names could be changed. So we asked this to the yeah. lawyer. We told our undercover reporters, ask this, ask the lawyer whether this is possible. And you saw yes. his reaction. Of course, I call them all Joe or Sam. I've done it lots of times. He said, you know, this is Cyprus. Yeah. That was the line that infuriated the Cyprus, yes. the Cypriot people. They were furious at the demonstration on Wednesday night. Everybody came up. They had banners saying, this yes. is not Cyprus. Yes. You know, and, and he was, that's, they were so angry because they thought, well, th we are, these guys are trying to make out the whole countries like this. Not us. We weren't yeah. doing that. We were focusing on these individuals. But they were trying to imply that somehow Cyprus is corrupt. It's normal to give fake passports, yes. to change names. Something we do every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's Cyprus. And that's why, and there's another reason it was explained to me, uh, very interesting, as to why people were so angry. And that is, back in August, we produced yeah. the Cyprus Papers. This was a leak of thousands of pages yes. that gave details of all the people who'd applied for passports between 2017 and 2019. It included dozens of convicted criminals and other high-risk people. And the, the, the people that were, you know, the government and, and various other people, their strategy was the same. It's Turkey, yes. it's anti-Cyprus, it's foreign journalists. And maybe some people believe that. Yeah. Maybe. But when they tried to say the same thing this time, people <laughs> say, well, wait a minute. You've <laughs> used that one before. Yes. You know. Uh, the Union Basic, but investigation through reporting, I think it's a quite difficult thing to do. I mean, because it, it requires a lot of research. A lot of, I mean, data coming, so you have to filter and decide whether it's good or bad or, or true or... True. Yeah. So, do you believe that, uh, or, or in, in this case, did you have to do a lot of research to start investigation in Cyprus before you come, I, I mean? And we always do a lot of research. Yes. That, that's a given of what we do. You know, I think investigative journalism, investigative journalism is arguably the hardest form of journalism. Yes. And what, we, what you have to have in an investigation is evidence. And evidence is the hardest thing to Pro find. Proved evidence. Pro yeah. Proved evidence. Exactly. When you present that evidence, what you find. Um, whether it's proof of guilt, that's not for us to decide. Yes. That's for the courts, the law enforcement. But we expose, we present evidence. And it's hard. So when you, and we go for quite high targets, big targets. Yes. And by definition, they're the hardest ones to crack. Because they don't, they don't go around telling everybody that they're criminals, that they're crooks, yes. that they're doing this and that. So it is challenging. And in recent years, we've found, you know, that often because newspapers in particular are suffering because of, you know, the, 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 the move towards online yes. journalism. And they haven't really found a new business model to replace that. So budgets are being cut. They're tighter. And investigations is often one of the first things yes. that goes in conjunction with foreign travel because it's expensive. Now, it is, it is. We've also seen the, in recent years the arrival of data journalism, because there's so much more data now, uh, everything across the world, it's a phenomenal amount, and that's been a fertile source of information for journalists, which can be done you know, relatively inexpensively. But for us, that's only part of the investigation. Yes. We do do data, data journalism, but really it's the stuff on the ground when you meet people, you confront people, you use undercover, and I think that's what makes our film so compelling. Yeah. And uh, also, going back to the, to the beginning, as we began discussing about this story, you said that in, you were examining or checking a corruption thing in the UK, basically. Yes. So you will see, you, will fi you find different or similar situations or cases like the Cyprus Papers in the UK or other countries 
are you familiar with that? That's why well, it was, you were doing it, this. It, it's a different kind of investigation. It was not about passports. Passports, we only came across because it was suggested to us yes. that this is the way of hiding someone's identity. That was how we got on the passports. That was how we were led to, to Cyprus. So you're telling me you, you, were, in, you were investigating another, uh, a different thing of corruption, not passports in particular, yes. in the UK. Yes. But things changed and you came to Cyprus for the, yeah. the golden passport thing. Yeah. That's quite interesting, basically. But you see, what that tells you also is that investigative journalism, uh, when you begin an investigation, you don't always know where you're going. Yes. You have an idea, you have, may have a, a target, you have a thesis, but you don't always know where it's going to lead because until you meet the people, yeah. and they, this happened, this is a very dramatic example of that. As I say, at the beginning of the um, investigation, yeah. we had no thoughts of Cyprus. But suddenly we were led there because of the course of the investigation. Doesn't this scares you about your life or maybe you put yourself or your crew in danger because it's an investigation, nobody knows about it. Mm. Uh, well, there are risks, there's yes. no question. There are safety risks, security risks. I mean, you do what you can to minimize yes. the risk and protect yourself, but ultimately, you know, you just have to accept it's part of your job. Is David Harrison afraid of these things or you are living basically now with well, us? You know, I mean, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be human if, you, if it didn't cross your mind yeah. occasionally that, that there are risks and where there's risks, there's got to be some fear. But I think what you do, you take all the precautions that you can. Yeah. Um, but it's limited what you can do, how much you can protect yourself because, you know, I mean, people, they know me. I'm out there. Yeah, um, 30 years now. And it becomes, it becomes <laughs> part of what you do and yes. you, you should learn to live with it in a way. Yeah, because what, what comes to my mind is that You came across, because I can't remember everything, you do a lot of things. Okay, sex trafficking. Mm. You came across child slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, more dangerous stuff. And, that's what, and, and, and this basically doesn't surprise me that you are here, you're outside the parliament, <laughs> and, uh, and you are here and discussing with us. Because at the, at the beginning, I was trying to do a research and find your profile, let's say, And I was afraid maybe somebody else is going to reply and somebody else is going to come here or he will never reply. But we were lucky you are here <laughs> to discuss those type of things. So do you believe this is Cyprus? That what we showed is, was typical of the whole of Cyprus? Is that what you mean? No, I mean, do you believe because you, you cut out the, the slogan of me and Mr. Pitagis, this is Cyprus? No, do, you, do you believe that this, this is Cyprus or this is Cyprus that powerful people have built? Yeah. I think he said it. That's his view that this is Cyprus mm-hmm. because if people conclude he's doing things he shouldn't be doing, he's suggesting that's the way it works in Cyprus. Well, I'm not convinced about that at all. All that we can do is present our evidence. So what is Cyprus? Cyprus is many things. It's yes. a beautiful country with great people, great food, great beaches, great, you know, it's a, it's, it's a lovely country. But when he says, when I hear that this is Cyprus, he's trying, to, he's trying to suggest that this is the way the whole country works. I don't believe that for one second. I, I felt very, very bad at that moment because for me, this is not Cyprus. This is a part of Cyprus which has access into the government or to the perfect people. This is what tells me. That's why you, get, you, you see people upset. Mm. And uh, 
I believe that the system creates those type of behaviors, let's say, from those people. This is my, uh, my personal opinion. What is yours? Well, I, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I mean, when he said, this is Cyprus, he was talking about himself and about the other people involved in this whole yes. thing. That, that's his view of what Cyprus is. But I went to that demonstration outside the, 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 the temporary parliament. I went there on uh, was a Wednesday night. And the anger and the frustration of people with yes. his banners, I say, saying, this is not Cyprus. You're not speaking for us. And the people were absolutely furious that that phrase is very damaging, potentially, because people could conclude that that's the whole of Cyprus. Yes. But then you think, who's saying it? Who's saying this is Cyprus? A corrupted man. And that's <laughs> how you realize that this is not about the whole of Cyprus. So, media says that the way, I mean, people on media, because we're reading a lot of things now, and um, if you go on Facebook or different other platforms, yeah. what you see is uh, these, 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 and then what something the president said, and then these, these, these. I mean, so media says that the way you have done this job is usually how reporters should really do their work. Do you believe that Cyprus is quite behind that type of investigation? I don't know. I mean, you mean, when you mean behind, they haven't got to the stage where they can do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean the yeah. reporters, everybody here feels that the reporters are also, let's say, corrupted. Okay. They, they don't show what they have to show. Mm. I mean, this type of work, I mean, I will say it, it requires balls, let's say, it, to do those things. Uh, do you believe that we will be at this point and some reporters start doing investigation, reporting? Do you believe that? Or, and after this, all this should be the trigger for them. Well, I think, I mean, the first thing to say is that, you know, we're working for a big global network with, yes. with substantial resources. So that, that's number one. And they are prepared to give us the two things that all investigative journalists want, yeah. time and money, you know, and support. Now, it's, it's not limitless, and we have to justify it at every stage, every step of the way. But, you know, but the possibility is there. So when we go to them and say, look, we, we've got a very good lead in Cyprus, we need to go to Cyprus, we'll need to be there, yeah. you know, a certain number of days, we'll need a certain number of people, and we put it, if it's a reasonable request and there are good, there's a good editorial justification for it, mm -hmm. they'll normally say go. Now, I know in a lot of companies, there simply isn't the resource that they haven't got the money to spend on these things. So that's the first inhibiting factor, I think. But there's lots of journalism, investigative journalism, that can be done without spending a lot yes. of money. Data journalism we talked about, that's one possibility. People with good contacts. You know, it's a small island, this, and that creates problems of its own because yes. everybody knows everybody else. And small society. But, you know, there's no reason why you can't have quite a robust press. Now, I understand there are issues of ownership and influence of ownership, and, and you know, that can influence you commercially and politically, of course. Yes. But I think, you know, you do need maybe... Uh, the, the, the press here needs to be um, a little more resilient. In, I think they, they, if they're a little bit more aware of their role, which is to hold people in power to account, to scrutinize people who are in authority and, and, and do that on behalf of the people because that's their role. Now, I know it's not always easy because of yes. the commercial factors and political pressure, but that, if you're going to be a journalist, that's got to be your starting point. So you think that is, this is a sort of advice to them? Or as David, you should give another advice to them, I mean, to the reporters, to the guys out there doing this thing you would be doing in the last 30 years? Yeah. 
Well, look, I'm, I mean, advice. If, if, if anybody wants advice, I'm happy to offer it. But I'm not suggesting that, you know, that these journalists aren't aware yes. of their roles and responsibilities. What I would say is they need to maybe think about what, what is the role of a journalist. Yes. What is their job? Why are they there? And, you know, and all those really sort of fundamental values of journalism, you know, fairness, balance, talking to all parties, you know, not being driven by, influenced by the politics of the paper or your own politics. This is what you we know. feel, that mm. some channels, of the, I mean, media channels or report are driven by them and they give the, the wrong image or they diverse to somewhere else yeah. rather than their way should be going. So... What is uh, your benefit from it? I mean, okay, I can understand what is your benefit. But uh, why, as, why, let's say, Al Jazeera invest in this type of uh, reporting? Well, in our unit, it's, about, it's all about exposing wrongdoing. And we do that in many parts of the world. It's not, certainly not just about Cyprus, but we, you know, we report from all over the world. And you know, we'll, we'll do stories, uh, it's, they're going to come from very different sources. We can have a tip-off, we can have a hunch, we can yeah. have an idea, we can be given documents. The stories come from many different sources. But um, ultimately, what we try to do is in, we investigate to expose wrongdoing. That's, that's our main goal. And we have to do it in accordance with the regulated or regulatory authorities. Yes. So, you know, we, we cannot just go around with secret cameras. You, yes. need, you need to justify it. You need what they call prima facie, prima, prima facie evidence before you can even use secret cameras. So we have to pass that test. Then we have to pass all sorts of other tests. And that's why, at every step of the way, We consult our lawyers. Yes. Is this okay? Is this correct? Are we, are we, you, know, you do it, I mean, in a way in order to be protected also by the law. Yes. In order to be right ethically. Yes. Before you do something. Yeah. And that's, I mean, right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We, set, you know, we do set very high professional and ethical standards in our units. And we've got a, a group of very, I think, very talented, very experienced journalists who come from newspapers, who come from uh, television, BBC, dispatches, ITN. They, you know, they, they, they bring a lot of experience to our units. And I think we've got a very good team. And I think this investigation proves that the work we do can achieve results. I mean, we often get results in our investigations, but we don't normally get them the next yes. day. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was quite surprising. <laughs> that, that was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and also I read in your CVs around the net that you also do coach. I mean, yes, you do coaching. I do, but on once or twice sort a year. Of things. Yeah. yeah, once or twice a year, I take time out to to train journalists in different countries, and I do it in English, I do it in French, and I, I do it in I Spanish. I think I think we we will need you sometime here. I'd be very happy to. Yes, yeah. uh, at some point, I think. Yeah. We should organize something together well, and bring a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, but I, I do. It's interesting, and a lot of these questions that you've raised come yes. up in those in those trainings. It's in 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 the training sessions. It's to do with what is your role. First of all, think about your role yes. as a judge. Why are you doing it? Uh, and then it's how do you do it? How, how how does the reporter behave? How do you find information? How do you present your information? And it's, we often go back to basics, sort of fundamental values on how what the role of a journalist is and how you find stories and how you write them and how you present them. Uh, I believe, guys, I believe I'm covered. Uh, uh, I can't say anything. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even go through my questions as, a, as the way I wanted to because it went fluently, perfectly. I mean, you guided me, basically, and that, that is it's experience i think <laughs> you you driven me through like through But, my question well maybe it's, it's like it's like you were here and read my <laughs> questions <laughs> basically 
I don't know about that. But what I can say, if you have any other questions that you want to ask, please. Uh, guys, uh, guys, do you have a yeah. question? What a podcast thing. So, yeah. Uh, Alex, no. Ah, uh, you want to ask the spicy stuff off the record, huh? <laughs> It's like who's buying the drinks? Um, no. Yes. Uh, another question. Yes. Do we have to expect a new video? A new video? Well, yeah, we're making films all the time. Um, But I mean, for, for Cyprus, I mean, regarding the Cyprus issue. Oh, so. right, well, Cyprus. Well, <clears throat> I mean, the Cyprus Papers investigation mm -hmm. is ongoing, it's live. And if we get new information, uh, then, you know, we, we will act on it. But if you're saying, will there be a film next week, next month? The answer is no. So, guys, we don't need to worry at the moment. <laughs> so, well, not yet. Yeah, yeah, not yet. Because. Next year, or the next month. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> next year, it's not, a, it's not a problem. That's why we're doing a podcast. Uh, we, we can say our opinion. Uh, so, David, in order to close the, uh, I don't want, I don't want to say interview. I mean our a conversation. Yeah, conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, what is, um, what would you say as as a person? I mean, as a human being. To the guys out there, I mean, not the reporters, everybody. I mean, you revealed something that is really bad for a country, for us. Uh, what, what is your suggestion? What, what do you think people should do when they face those type of corruptions? Um, should they report them or report them to the right guys? What do you well, believe? Well, I think the reaction I saw shows that a lot of people are deeply concerned about their country. That's a good sign. People want Cyprus to be better than that portrayed by those individuals that we exposed. That for me is very encouraging. People want Cyprus to be, to be correct, to be successful, to be prosperous, but without corruption. Yes. So that's good. I would suggest they build on that momentum, journalists and citizens and activists. From, from this day, let's say. I mean, yeah. from yeah. those days, from yeah. day one, let's say. I mean, I was speaking to a, just, just a bit earlier, we were speaking yes. to a, a, a journalist, a, a prominent journalist in, in, in Nixir, yeah. who said, you've awakened something here. Well, that's, if that's true, that's, that's the biggest compliment that, that we can be paid. You know, but it's now, it's not up to us to keep doing this, it's up yes. to the people of Cyprus. What is going to happen next? To determine the future and of their then, country. And, and who is going to decide either they're going to convict it or... Yeah. Well, but also, I mean, more generally as well, if you want the momentum, this kind of anti-corruption momentum to continue, yes. then everybody plays a role. Ordinary citizens, uh, journalists, uh, you know, and politicians, I mean, activists, everybody. If, and I feel the hunger, the desire is there to yeah. make, to improve this country. And that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, that's fine. For me, I mean, I'm totally covered. I totally understand, I mean, the way you did this. And for me, I think outside they will get their answers. I mean, they will definitely realize what you basically did. And that is, there is nothing behind it. Something else, something political. No, I we, think it's the timing. Mm. That's it. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> well, thank you very much.